With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Joe Hoft on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, 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 well. We are back. This is the Joe Hoff Show. Thanks for listening in. Uh, we've got an incredible guest today. I say this every day. We get great guests on this show. But today's is uh, something special. You wait till you hear this guy's freaking story. It's going to blow you away. Michael Yan will join, join us here shortly after the break. Michael's been a war correspondent, received awards, been in hundreds of countries around the world. I met him in Hong Kong years ago, and um, the work that he's doing on the southern border, going all the way to Panama, Colombia, et cetera, this guy is on top of what's going on. And wait till you hear the stories that he's going to share with you on this invasion, this Trojan horse that's happening in the United States of America. Nobody, I'd say nobody, maybe Ben Burkwong, maybe Ben, Ben's great, and and uh, Ann Vandersteel's doing incredible work. but. Michael Yan is on top of this like no other, and he's he's always where the action is, whether it was Hong Kong and the protests or Iraq or Afghanistan before that, or whether it was January 6th. I saw him at January 6th, and now he's been down at the border. This guy knows where, where the action is. He gets himself there. He reports from there, and his reporting is, uh, is unbelievable. So he sent me just even a couple of uh, uh, short clips overnight, just amazing stuff that's happening related to our porous southern border. And uh, you're going to be blown away, but with the information that he shares today. So, so hold tight. Uh, we've got that going on. Uh, besides, be, behind the scenes, I got a number of things going on myself. Uh, like I've mentioned, that Jim and I have been sued by Ruby and Shay. Uh, the mother-daughter team in Georgia, who we uh, reported on on election night, stuck around with a couple others after everybody else was kicked out of the room. And uh, they uh, started shoving ballots through tabulators multiple times. They are def- they are suing Jim and I and the Gateway Pundit. Jim's my twin brother at the Gateway Pundit. And um, they are... Uh, you know, intent on damaging us because of our truthful reporting. Uh, they have to build this. This this was probably the most egregious uh, incident in all of the election steal. And I stayed away from it in my books, the steal volumes one, two, and three. By the way, I received a an e- email overnight from a representative in South Carolina said, Joe, I've read your books. They are excellent. I've had Roger Stone tell me, Joe, if anybody thinks the election wasn't stolen, I send them your books. And so uh, getting a lot of accolades on that and uh, and and it was stolen, but I didn't really focus on this Georgia event due to uh, some recommendations from our attorneys at the time. And uh, but I know a lot about it. And uh, yesterday we had some uh, depositions Uh, yesterday and today we'll have another deposition with some individuals that work for the secretary of state's office. And they're the people that uh, said everything was fine. And so uh, yesterday uh, was amazing stuff that I heard come out of an individual's mouth. I was like, I can't even believe you're saying that. And I expect probably more of the same today. So that's happening now. We've got Rudy Giuliani also being sued by the same gang members. And, you know, this is a deep state coup. This is this. And we're right in the middle of it. And we all are. We all are in the middle of this. This was a stolen election. This is an attempted coup d'etat of the United States. We saw it with President Trump. I remember talking to this lady. I think her name was Diana West. Maybe first name might be off, but West was her last name. And she was an expert on the military. And she's saying as this military coup was going on with Trump, where the military guys started, started, you know, back. They were they were pretty much backstabbing him the whole time, tried to get rid of him. People like McMasters. What a snake that guy was. Anyways. All these various coups, we saw the Russia collusion coup coming from the FBI and DOJ and, and the Biden-Obama FBI-DOJ, while they're covering up Hillary, Biden, Obama's crimes. We're seeing massive crimes from the Biden crime family now. I even put a piece up yesterday and Anna Paulina Luna, the U.S. representative from Florida, retweeted it. It, it was, can you believe this? 
and it's about the Bidens connecting with China and the mob in the in the Obama White House, Hunter and Joe. It's this kind of stuff you just can't even make up. And so we report the truth and what you get for reporting the truth against the fascists, they come after you. We saw it with the January Sixers. We've seen it with Steve Bannon, Roger Stone, President Trump, Rudy Giuliani. And uh, so this is what happens when you stand up for the truth. I don't give a damn. We are going to we are going to destroy these people with the truth, and we're doing that, and um, and they hate us for it. And so, lots going on there. I'll be able to fill you in more on that here coming up. But just uh, just amazing stuff how we're getting attacked, and and we're just going to keep sharing the truth. Like I remember Trump saying, well, you're, "You're going to keep winning and winning, winning." You're going to say, "No more winning," and uh, that's that's how it was economically under Trump. Man, more and more money, people were rich. And uh, now, uh, not so much with Joe Biden. Inflation's burning through everybody's pocketbooks. Everything's expensive, and their net worths are going down because inflation doesn't mean uh, it means net assets aren't what they were a few years back. So, uh, the Biden crime family—they're making money. Everybody else is not. God knows how much of that money that uh, was sent over to Ukraine uh, ends up in the Biden family uh, pocketbooks. We can only imagine billions i would bet millions someday they'll say oh that's the biden family they're billionaires what did they make nothing they stole from the u.s and uh and gave foreigners all sorts of gifts uh by selling out the u.s that's that's what this is all about and this is why they needed biden in there because they didn't they needed to continue this destruction of america trying to destroy this great constitution and and country that we have and that's why we need to stand up now more than ever. I wrote a piece this morning. New York Times came out with a piece. I saw that. I wrote about it this morning early on. This guy's a clown uh, saying basically the same things projecting on us again, which is all they do. They being the fascist communist left now. Uh, this They're saying, oh, if Trump wins, look out. People are going to get thrown in jail that are his enemies. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, wait a minute. We got people from January 6th that are sitting in jail. They're going after President Trump, given like a thousand years of, of potential crimes that they've listed. None of these are real crimes. None of them are. We all we all know that. Trump didn't do anything wrong. But they're saying, look out for Trump. He's going to go after his people. What are you talking about? I mean, New York Times is lunacy from the start. That's why nobody goes there. Nobody listens to them. They're just a joke. They have, they, they're, they, I bet you the barometer on integrity for New York Times is absolutely like negative 100. If it's negative 100 or positive 100, negative, negative 100 from people of integrity, negative 100. Gateway Pundit, Joe Hoft, PNT Radio, positive 80. It's be hard to hit 100. And um, that's the way it is. We got to keep sharing the truth. So but this clown says that he says these other things all, all that you know trump will steal an election what are you talking about what are you talking about trump will destroy the economy he'll he'll do all, these people are insane but the main thing is that he, he was he's saying is how trump is going to attack his opponents this is exactly what biden's doing these guys are not they're not they're not in fantasy land they are operatives. New York Times has turned into just how many CIA and foreign uh, operators are, are working at the New York Times now? How many are MI6? I mean, give me a break. This that 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 entity should be shut down. It is so toxic and so wrong. So, anyways, that's what they were saying this morning. I wrote about that this morning. It's pretty uh, outrageous. I wrote about that at JoeHoff.com, and you can go there. I also. We should mention that yesterday we found out Joe Hoft, myself, is uh, up for a uh, an award. There's a recognition dinner coming out in February 2024. Myself, Steve Bannon, and James O'Keefe are up for uh, an award by the Able Child in their first annual recognition and fundraising dinner. So hopefully you can make that if you're a good guy, if you're Antifa, uh, maybe stay home. And uh, but that should be uh, a lot of fun with some superstars, and, and I'm honored to be there. Uh, so that's going on. Uh, we've talked about Anna Paulina Luna writing an article the other day about uh, the fact that Jack Smith has only got a few days left now before he needs to respond to her and the U.S. House about this case coming out of D.C. against President Trump. They're using uh, the criminal 
uh, the, the entire arrest, the entire case is based on some precedents that were set in the Supreme Court that said you can't do that. That's not that's not a crime. You're bastardizing the law. And yet that they're willing to do that to take President Trump off. I mean, who are these people? They are sick. And Anna Paulina says, you guys got to answer this by the 15th. And I'm counting on you to get that back to us because there is no legitimate answer. You cannot out argue their way from this. The Supreme Court has already ruled that their entire case basically is bogus based on prior cases. Their methodology, how they're framing it and everything is bogus. It's garbage. And the, and the Supreme Court has thrown this stuff out before. So either they're going to explain it or it's going to go to the appellate court and the Supreme Court and they're going to again throw it out. Hopefully, we'll have some men of men and women of integrity in the courts that will stand up and say, this is not right. Yesterday, a big news came out, and that was with Ricky Vaughn in his case. He's been thrown in prison for seven years. He's, he's, uh, he's appealed it. The appellate court has agreed with him, saying, no, you don't need to go to prison. We need to look at this. It's a real win for him. It's a, it's a, it's a clue that perhaps they're going to rule that this whole case on him is bogus. What he did is in 2016, he said that uh, that basically go and vote on a, in a tweet, go and vote for Hillary here, you know, like a, with a number. It was it was a joke. Another girl did the same thing with Trump, said the same thing. Ricky Vaughn gets sued. This occurred, though. You should know the history on this. He gets sued by the uh, by the DOJ something like a day or two after Joe Biden's inauguration. This was they're sitting on. As soon as they step in, they sue Ricky Vaughn. What it is, is it's an anti-free speech uh, crime. He has every right in the world to throw whatever he wants on, on Twitter. That girl did. He does. We all do. It's it's about freedom of speech. And this was not a crime at all. And they're trying to throw him in prison. This is what they want to do. They Their, their efforts, they, the monsters that are trying to take over this country, their efforts are to destroy our First Amendment. And to destroy our Bill of Rights. Because God gave us these laws, but they want to take them away. These people are evil. And I'm telling you, we're going to be all over it. God, we'll be right back after this. Our guest, Michael Yan, is dialing in from uh, another country uh, in South America. We'll find out where he's at now. And um, I believe it's Panama, but we'll, I may be corrected here. And um, and the stories that he has to share with us, they're going to blow you away. So I encourage you to stick around. This this interview is going to be amazing. I can't wait. So thank you for listening in. I guess, uh, yeah, Mike is in Hon- or he's in Honduras. Michael's in Honduras. I just got a text there telling me. So live from Honduras, we'll have Michael Yan right after this. Rick Munn on TNT Radio. There was a, a statement that I saw last week that I thought was quite interesting from one of these uh, web spokespeople, the World Economic Forum spokesperson. And one thing that she said that I thought was quite interesting was she said, you know, um, there has been a little bit of a tail off with people buying into the vaccine narrative. And she blamed that on people like us spreading so-called missing disinformation. She said that climate change was a little bit too much of an abstract concept for people to really grab and get their heads around so that's not really taking off the way they want to either and then she said something very interesting she said you know what when the water crisis comes people will understand that because it's simple and everybody needs water and if you don't have water for a few days at a time you'll know all about it so maybe you know we're hypothesizing a little bit about what's what it's going to take to grab people and bring them back on board again with a world economic forum type narrative could this be what it is locked in Loaded with Rick Mon on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Take us back in time. And who was Mike Flynn? He was the National Security Advisor to the President. Why is it that they go after me so hard? Why me? Why does Barack Obama only talk about two people to the incoming President of the United States? When I was sentenced, the judge says, You have been convicted of lying to cover up for Donald Trump. To which I say, Cover up what? Russian collusion? There was no Russian collusion to cover up. We see in today's current uh, scenario with President Joe Biden, who came in with high expectations, that he has been viewed as divisive. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality. 
in the classroom. The liberal media say, well, this is his love for his son, and yes, he's gonna protect his son. But let me tell you, a lot of fathers love their sons, but their sons had to go to jail when they broke the law. This moment, people see a lot of those telltale signs of a far left drift to the country. Whether you're talking about socialism, or you're talking about communism. Socialism is just a kinder cousin of communism, but the goal is the same, for the state to have control of every aspect of your life. We have multiple hearings on different agencies that have actually just gone rogue. They took fewer men in the takedown of El Chapo than they did to arrest me. And Comey went back to his organization brought his other thugs together to basically give them the ground rules. Okay, here's how we're gonna, here's what we're gonna do. And give, now I need some ideas about how to execute this, basically this act of treason. I think we all know, James Comey, that you're a great storyteller because you made up the entire story about Crossfire Hurricane. So it's really fitting that a criminal like yourself wrote a crime novel. Do you remember me? Remember me from your book signing? It doesn't matter whether they're Republican or Democrat. People will sell their soul to obtain an ounce of political power in Washington, D.C. I don't even know that draining the swamp is the appropriate metaphor anymore after what we've seen these last four years. We need basically an exorcism in Washington, D.C. When, you know, Satan is tempting Jesus in the desert, I'll, I'll give you all the riches of the world. I'll give you everything. All you have to do is bow to me. That's what Barack Obama has done. That's what Jim Comey has done. That's what these bastards have done. The Fall of Deceit at SalemNow.com. CO2 sustains all life on Earth, but now it's in long-term decline. We face the return of an ice age. We mandate that the truth be told. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Hey, we are back. This is Joe Hoff Show, and yes, I do indeed have my guest Michael Yan on uh, with us actually on in video live from Honduras so uh, Michael first of all welcome to the Joe Hoff show it's so good to see you again uh, last time we met was in person in Hong Kong and boy have things it changed was. since then <laughs> it was we met at the front end of the last spasms of Hong Kong actually in fact I was getting ready to go to India to to look at something that was going on over there and I saw those I saw how it was kicking up there in Hong Kong, and uh, and I you know I asked some people to go out into the into the the uh, the struggle there and to send me some videos and photos because I was trying to to ascertain whether those were just protests or they were actually going to or if they were rising up. And judging by what I saw, I was like, okay, they're actually rising up. So I that was when I abandoned the India uh, thing and went straight to Hong Kong. And then you and I met mm -hmm. in a coffee shop and talked about yeah. things. That was at the front end. Of course, since that time, yeah. Hong Kong is now gone. You, uh, you yeah. know, I, I yeah. think you'll remember, we never saw so many American flags than we saw in Hong Kong. Wow. I mean, it was just a sea of uh, um, American yeah. flags trying to get our support. We saw ammunition being used. I mean, like uh, less lethal ammunition being used from Germany, from United States, actually from Florida. Uh, and, uh, oh Lord, uh, Germany sold four, uh, water cannons. That's why I learned the dynamics of avoiding water cannons, you know, cause they brought these new weapons to the floor. You know, I, I found one thing on water cannons. It's easy to avoid one, as long as you pay very close attention. It's a little bit, you can avoid two as well. They start bringing three into the geometry because, you know, combat's all about geometry at times, right? They bring four in, you better be on your P's and Q's because they can definitely mm. smash you with four water cannons. Uh, but they were they started yeah. smashing the, the, the Hong Kongers with that, and they had chemicals in the water that were burning people, mm. and they would take their clothes off in the streets. And it was uh, that had blue dye and that uh, so, some sort of uh, a chemical that was burning people. And, uh, and, and it was just horrible the way that they took it and the world just didn't do anything. I mean, Germany literally mm -hmm. sold them water cannon trucks in those last uh, phases of life. Unbelievable. Um, you know, I think back to that, we meet at, um, Freda Manger. It's a little sandwich shop. I think Jim through Steve Bannon said, Hey, Michael's in town. You got to meet this guy. And so I went and met you and I, just didn't know what to think because at that time you're saying oh this is the place to be there's going to be things happening here i'm like what are you talking about this was before the protests but then 
quite frankly, all hell broke loose after that. But Michael, before we jump into that, why don't you fill us in on a bit of your background? What led you to Hong Kong that day? And uh, and then we can jump into that story going forward. Well, yeah, well, you know, I, I grew up in Florida. I'm a, I'm full-blooded American, but I've been out of the country for most of my life, especially most of my adult life. I grew up in Florida. and uh, And then, you know, I've spent I think this is the 96th country I've been to here in Honduras, right? Uh, so uh, most of my time I'm downrange, right? And so uh, war is something I've studied a, a great deal. Uh, I, when I uh, left Florida, I went into the army. Uh, it was the Reagan era, which was very lucky for me because they were doing the huge uh, buildup of special operations forces and the intelligence community. So I went into special forces. Actually, one of my close friends went into SEALs. Scott Helvinston became the youngest Navy SEAL, and uh, I became one of the youngest Green Berets, actually. And that was, and Scott later was killed in Iraq, actually, in Fallujah. And, uh, and, and that was why I, one of the major reasons I went to the Iraq War. But the bottom line is I started studying war at a young age, and, and there's more to war than just the kinetics. There's more than just the shootouts and the, and the movies, kicking door downs and landing on rooftops and little birds, right? There's a, a there's a lot more to war. The highest form of warfare is clearly information war, uh, and uh, so everything else is subordinate to information war, and, and so that's something I've spent many years studying. Uh, of course, before the Hong Kong uh, thing kicked off in two thousand in two thousand fourteen in the Umbrella Revolution, I was actually uh, in the middle of a coup in Thailand. I was in two uh, 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 Thailand coups, and uh, and so in in two thousand 14, I didn't go to the Hong Kong umbrella revolution because I was in the Taiku. So I've been watching these. I've been, I've been, I've just spent many years in many different wars and conflicts. So now I know what to watch for. I'm like a doctor that can walk in the room and kind of smell the room and, 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 and make a very quick diagnosis about which generally is pretty accurate, actually. That's why I spend so much time in Panama now. I've been warning for several years that Panama is at risk of being taken. At this point, I believe it will be taken. I think we're going to lose the canal. Obviously, the canal was turned over years ago, but we still have at least, uh, it's, it's still used for our purposes. But at this point, due to various reasons, the entirety of Panama is being taken. And again, that's why I spent, I don't know how much time I've spent there since Biden was was installed maybe six months or more that I've spent in Thailand down the Darien Gap and other parts of, I'm sorry, not Thailand, Panama, and and uh, watching it being taken. And right now you see Panama is in great upheaval and uh, and you see the entire corridor through the Darien Gap is a huge invasion corridor for the United States. And that's partly why I'm in Honduras now. This is obviously part of the corridor. You have certain countries that people, if they're coming through South America, through Central America, that they have to cross through. One of those is Colombia, of course, in the northern part of, of South America. And then there is Panama on the other side uh, of the Darien Gap. And then you go to Costa Rica, Nicaragua, and then here in Honduras. And then uh, some will pass through El Salvador, not too many. And then uh, up to Guatemala, where I was just at for two or three weeks. And uh, and a few will go through Belize, not too many. And then they go to Mexico and to the United States. Now, keep in mind, it's not like everybody passes through the Darien Gap if they're coming through the South American corridor. Many actually fly straight to Nicaragua or they fly here to Honduras or they fly to uh, Guatemala. And, and often they don't actually pass through Mexico. They fly straight from places like Colombia and Guatemala straight to the United States. We're being invaded. Nobody knows the actual numbers. The Department of Homeland Security would not even know the numbers. But if they did, they would not share those numbers. I, I would say to be directionally accurate, it's probably about 20,000 per day coming in. Nobody actually knows. Uh, if the number is, you know, 15,000 a day or 25, I don't know. But to be directionally accurate, say 20,000. And I'm basing that on various inputs, such as the Darien Gap, which is increasing dramatically, by the way. So that's the invasion into the United States, which is clearly a weaponized invasion. This is clearly a hybrid war. 
clearly these people, some of us have been saying for a long time, these people will eventually be drafted into the military. And many of the young Americans will say, great, they're going to go fight for me. But what there's, what's actually going to happen is these people coming into the United States will be pulled into or drafted into the military. By the way, there's actually recruiters down in countries like Belize, right? They, they actually recruit directly from those countries to the United States military. But the bottom line is what I'm getting to is you will have death squads. You'll have Haitians and others who are in death squads in the United States killing Americans. That's your gun confiscation people right there. We have uh, uh, you know flag officers and and all brand flag officers means admirals and generals uh, that none of them have stood up. None have gone to the border. I haven't seen the Northcom commander ever go to the border and say, hey, we're being invaded. I haven't seen CENTCOM or PACOM or any of those guys. Southcom, Southcom is helping with the is actually helping with the invasion, directly helping with the invasion, as is Northcom, as is as is UCOM. Everybody is actually helping with the invasion of the United States. It's not like the United States government is just sitting back and letting it happen. They are physically facilitating it and funding it and using our aircraft and i and others are there seeing this and there the united states government is not the only one helping facilitate it chinese communist party is neck deep in it we see these massive embassies being built in guatemala and down the road from me here in in tegucigalpa honduras uh yesterday we were at a um, at a canadian consulate here in tegucigalpa honduras and in the same office of the Canadian consulate is IOM and the same building is IOM. IOM or OIM, depending on your language, is the United Nations pump basically for the alien migrations, right? For the alien invasions. They're actually in the same building as the Canadian consulate here, not far from me down the road. I mean, they're all in the US aid office here, which is basically the USA, uh, is the United States basically laundry, laundry, launder service for all these IWIM and Red Cross and all the NGOs. USAID is basically uh, our, our basically, that's how we, we launder the money. You should see how big this USAID office is. It's massive. And, and, and so you see this happening. Meanwhile, down in Panama, one of the most vital pieces of terrain on planet Earth for the United States is Panama, right? I mean, the Panama Canal is absolutely, Look, it's it's this, right? We've got the corridor from South America and the Panama Canal, which our Navy needs to go back and forth. The canal's going dry right now. I was out on Gatun Lake a couple of times in the last couple of months. You can see tens of thousands of trees. For those who, have, who are familiar with Panama, Gatun Lake is the lake that that, uh, so that is the reservoir for the water for the Panama Canal, right? So that lake is going very dry. There's tens of thousands of trees towering above the water now. You should see this place. And, and, and those trees are mostly have been underwater since at least 1914 when the canal opened. So we've got all these things going on. Uh, our Navy is not going to be able to go back and forth between the seas. Just when we need our Navy the most, they're off in the Red Sea and other places getting shot at by hooties and everything else. And, and meanwhile, we see... Um, Venezuela and Guyana ready to kick off. My guesstimate of what will happen with Guyana and Venezuela is Venezuela will attack. And uh, I would say 90% chance, which I'll rarely throw a number down that large. But I think the other 10% is more like wild cards, like an asteroid striking or something. But all the conditions are there for Venezuela to attack Guyana. Venezuela is of specific importance to the United States for many reasons. One is there is a huge amount of Hezbollah in Venezuela, by the way. A lot of Americans don't realize this, and they speak Spanish fluently. They grew up there. They're, everything about them is Venezuelan. All their papers, they yeah. everything, right? Their body language. And they're coming through the Darien Gap daily. The number one group coming through the Darien Gap is Venezuelans. A huge amount of Chinese every day as well, and others. Anyway, go ahead, sir. You wanted to say something. Well, Mike, uh, Michael, it's it's just amazing listening to all this, and I'm still sitting back thinking. You mentioned the uh, the umbrella revolution. I remember that. I was in Hong Kong. I actually wrote a couple pieces for Breitbart at that time, and I was Bannon was at Breitbart at that time. I wrote him a couple pieces. 
One was there was these Ferguson uh, riots going on. I believe it was Ferguson. At the same time, they were burning buildings down. And here in Hong Kong for the umbrella protests, what they did is these students set up these tables on a major highway, downtown Hong Kong, and they brought in lights and they were studying at their tables at night. And I did this comparison between the Hong Kong protest and the Ferguson protests. Here there are Molotov cocktails burning buildings down, Black Lives, the beginnings of Black Lives Matter. And then you had Hong Kong, these gentle, you know, beautiful people that were protesting. And it took a lot of courage to do that. And by the way, the people in Hong Kong were behind them a thousand percent. They they in, in 2019, I was there. There was an election like the lower house in the legislature voted like 99 percent was the anti they voted in people that were anti-China. So what China do is they just basically eliminated all power from that second, uh, that lower house. And uh, and now Hong Kong has been taken over. COVID came in and that was it. And here, Mike, we didn't even know it then. We're getting ready to face the riots in Hong Kong, protests in Hong Kong, and then COVID. And then I do believe, I remember seeing you in... Um, and I think you got kicked out of Hong Kong. I'm jumping back. I'm sorry. You got so yeah, much Yeah, they to took say, me Michael. to the airplane and they took me they took me to the airplane and kicked me out. I was a bad boy. Uh that was after wow. 7 months. I did see it coming. It was very clear that that was coming. Uh again, war is what I do. You know what I mean? And I've gotten good at it, mm. right? On on predicting, mm. you know, after after doing this for so many years and so many different conflicts, I could see it was about to kick off. And now I love the Hong Kongers. I've been there many times before, no. but I've never seen their character shine like it did that time. Like yeah. you described, they're out there. They're like, they're, they should be studying for it. They would tell me, they're like, I've got an exam tomorrow. And they would be literally out fighting the cops until two in the morning and getting hurt, getting yeah. arrested, uh, get compound fractures and the whole, I'd take a million Hong Kongers to the United States right now. I mean, highly Amen. educated. Amen. I, 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 yeah, I used to say, I used to, I said this on a few of my live streams at the time, I would put my video on some very beautiful Hong Kong uh, a, a woman that's throwing bricks at the police. I'm like, look at this highly educated got serious guts and they're throwing bricks at communists come marry these women you know what I'm <laughs> I mean seriously I'm telling I mean you. they they were fighting in the streets uh super smart and they weren't waiting they wanted the United States to come of course but they knew they they are the 911 and uh and yeah. of course we we never came um and you know no, keep in mind no, I was sad. keep in mind one thing is very important belt and road initiative the silk road that there's more to Hong Kong than just being an ATM for the Chinese Communist Party. It's a massive port, right? So all these places I keep popping up are part of that. One of the reasons I went to Hong Kong was because it is strategic. Mm. You know, it's it's mm. uh, and and that's that that massive port there in Asia. Of course, Absolutely. that was lost now, and that's why I go to Netherlands so often. I was just there in March. Netherlands has Rotterdam Harbor, the biggest harbor in Europe. They're making a strong go for Netherlands. And Antwerp wow. is just south of that, and Belgium, yeah. the two biggest harbors in Europe, right? Yeah, they're about they're behind everything. Hey, we're going to take a real quick break here, Michael, and I can't wait to come back. I want to talk some more about all of this, everything. We could talk for hours, I know, but let's take a real quick break, and we'll be right back. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. These are parlous times for liberty in the United States and for the Constitution and the rule of law. House Republicans have joined with their Democrat colleagues to oust Republican Representative George Santos, only the sixth member to ever be removed from the lower legislative chamber. Three were removed in 1861 after they joined the Confederacy, and the other two following their convictions of the crimes of which they were accused. Santos has been accused of fraud crimes but not convicted. This is a premature, preemptive strike by Republicans on one of their own, and it sets a dangerous precedent. Now, I hold no grief for George Santos. He seems, quite frankly, like a wingnut. But it's up to the constituents of his district to remove him from office, absent a criminal conviction. This is just one more episode in the long history of Republicans bowing to Democrat will. It seems as though when Democrats win elections, they get their own way. And when Republicans win elections, Democrats still get their own way. This is why we're so upset with the Republican Party. Grow a pair, stand up, and say no to the other side. 
From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. While serving in Afghanistan, I was hit by sniper fire. The fighting was so intense, the medevac chopper was barely able to land. In the hospital, I was given a 5% chance to live. It's a good thing math wasn't my best subject. Today, I visit classrooms and share my story. I talk to kids about dealing with life's struggles. I tell them, with a little help and a lot of work, that you can overcome any challenge. DAV helps veterans like Adam get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. I know that some struggles are big and some are small, but they're all struggles, and you have to learn to get through them. With support from DAV, more veterans like me can live their best life. And as a new father, I have one more reason to keep on keeping on. My victory is being there for the next generation. Adam Alexander, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Joe Hoft on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Hey, we're back. I'm, I'm so thrilled to have with me Michael Yan. Met Michael years ago in Hong Kong. It's what's happened since then. That was 2019. Actually, Michael, for me, I'll just tell you a bit about my history at that point. Corporate executive over there. We meet up. I'd been doing some writing for Jim at that time. Uh, yeah, in 2019. I started in 2016 writing at the Gateway Pundit about a post a day, but I had a full-time position. I was busy. and uh, But then I think Bannon connected us, and so we we talked. Then I got sick. I got real sick in Hong Kong, was oh. in the was in the hospital for five days in October of 2019. Uh oh. with it was and I lost my sense of taste. I remember that. I tell my wife everything tastes like cardboard. And then came COVID, and then came us reporting on COVID and the and the lies behind it. One piece hmm. that I wrote then as I looked at the numbers coming out of the WHO on the death mortality rates for COVID, they were saying this is going to be worse than the Spanish flu. That was scaring the whole world. And I started looking at their calculations and really within 15 minutes, I said, no, here's what they're doing. They're, the, 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 the rate's going to be closer to the flu. Elderly people are high risk. Children are almost, even at that time, we knew that this was the case. Children are almost immune. And um, yet... The, this push of fear mongering. I wrote this piece. Alex Jones had me on his show the next day. The next day, Media Matters doxed me. And that led to oh. a situation with the company, a great company I'd worked for for 20 years. And I ended up coming back to the US. Then we ended up, I retired, came back. And, you know, a week after I left, China instituted a law in Hong Kong that said, if you write or say anything wrong about China, we're going to send you to China. So I, a week after I left, I was like, okay, thank you, God. You know, things all happened. Hey, when, when did they make that law? I remember that. When was that? I remember it was the uh, spring. What would have been the spring, uh, maybe May of 2020. Right. They had okay. already kicked me out. So, right. They had taken me to yeah. the airport at that point already. Right. I wow. remember that. Yeah. yeah. So. Isn't that something? So I came back here, started writing a lot at the Gateway Pundit. We wrote a lot about mm -hmm. COVID. Then I've spent a lot of time on the election. I've written three books on the election and how it was stolen using my uh, skill set, which is finance and uh, and auditing. And this thing never should have been certified. It was definitely another coup d'etat, one of the many that are going on. And now we're seeing this, this activity. And you've been in the middle of it. As a matter of fact, I saw you on, I believe you were there on January 6th. Is that right? I was. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was there on January 6th. In fact, I, I, I thought that the conflict might happen down at Black Lives Matter Plaza. So I started heading there. And Masako Ganaha, the famous Japanese journalist, said, no, I think we should go to the Capitol. Maybe that's where they're going to do something. And uh, she was right, like normal. And <laughs> we went over there. And uh, wow, it really. And immediately you could see the APs, the agent provocateurs, right? Uh, agent provocateurs are easy to spot for those who are, know what they're looking at. Often they have antennas. Right? Often they have bullhorns. Uh, and after, the leftists often have drums. There was people out there dressed up like, you know, 1776. I don't know if you remember seeing that. There were a lot of agent provocateurs. And so I immediately I saw those. And and and, and by the way, when you're in big pro, I've been like, I've been in so many of these things around the world where Thailand, United States, Hong Kong, just many, many, many. Whenever you have people out there with radios, always look for people in, with antennas. And when they're talking on their radios, often they're trying to 
see the other person they're talking with. And that's often how you can spot the other person. So interestingly, out there on January 6th, I was able to, in, with Masako, we spotted numerous cells out there, which we started naming like Lucky Charm Cell and, and different cell, Helmet Hole Man Cell, things like that. And uh, Lucky Charm Cell, because the guy that was appeared to be leading it, he had a, a beard like Lucky Charms, you know, the Irish guy. So, I mean, uh, it was very, quite interesting to, to watch that unfold. And then, you know, then as somebody who's had considerable amount of uh, combat experience, uh, I was like, where's the military? I mean, you know, it started off so early in the day and then the sun's going down and nobody showed up yet. And I know how long it takes to crank up a cold Blackhawk, six minutes for a very, very slow crew. Right. You know, and uh, and, and, and this had gone on for hours and hours and hours and no backup had ever showed up. I mean, it was just you know, there were many mysteries, just like what just happened in Israel, you know, not noticing, not getting the intelligence that something's going to happen. And then it goes on for seven hours while the cameras do their thing. Uh, the normal kayfabe, as they call it. Hmm. That's interesting uh, about Israel. What, what, what's your what's your thoughts that happened there then? What do you think? Or do you know? Were you well, into a point? Yeah, I mean, you can see... Uh, you know, I opine every day on this and, and losing friends every day, just like in everything else that we state our opinions on. Right. I mean, I mean, you got deplatformed for saying your accurate opinion on this, on the, yeah. on the pandemic uh, and on Israel. Look, Netanyahu was clearly a huge jab pusher. There's no way around it. I mean, he admits on video, which I was just looking at again last night of saying he gave out all of Israelis' medical records to Pfizer in exchange for, and the Pfizer CEO uh, said that uh, Netanyahu, something like he'd called him some like 30 times or something like that, trying to be the first, you know, to get that thing. Anyway, the bottom line is now you see Netanyahu with that um, photo of his, uh, he, he's, you know, the, the jab that he supposedly got in the arm. You can see he's got that needle in his office and it's mounted like an artillery piece. It's it's on my X right now. I just put it on the top of the page wow. this morning before we came on. I mean, I mean, so that's Netanyahu. You know, I used to like him. I used to I've supported Israel for many years so openly. But I remember Israelis a long time ago going, "You don't understand who he is." You know, they would tell me how bad he was, and I thought, "What? Why do you not like Netanyahu?" I think he's quite conservative and quite. A uh, serious right. man. And then as time has gone on, I see how right they were. Right. And I see that he did push the jab hard and we see what's happening with that thing. And then when we we come to this attack on January 7th, and by the way, on January 6th, this could be a data point of importance or it might just be random noise. But the, the Panamanian president and the Costa Rican president were down in Darien Gap. I was down there as well. And they were announcing increasing the flow through the Darien Gap. So that's the day before the attack. There's two new camps being built. They're going from 60 buses to about 200 buses uh, per day. And it's happening right now as we speak, actually. So that was the day before. It could be coincidence. It could be background noise. Uh, You're talking the, October, the day before the uh, Israeli uh uh, Hamas's yeah. invasion into Israel the day before that, so in October. Holy smokes! Yeah. It, 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 I, I again, that. that could that could be white noise because there there is, um, I mean, they have been expanding the Darien Gap. Uh, but the day before, again, could be just coincidental, and I don't know coin toss on that. But I'm just throwing that out there that the that the, yeah, the, yeah. the, 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 the alien flow route through the Darien Gap, which is facilitated by the United States directly. I mean, uh, Secretary of Homeland Security Mayorkas has been down there at least twice. I was there twice when he went with fistfuls of cash. He shows up and he expands that that route through there. Right. And so in, in expanding these routes all over the world, I could literally talk for hours about this. I'm constantly going off to places like Lithuania and Greece and Morocco and, and Netherlands, watching this down in Colombia, Panama and just everywhere. Right. And, and so the and all across, I've been across the entire U.S. border from SpaceX and Boca Chica all the way to San Diego and a lot of that on the Mexican and U.S. side. So I've seen this in great detail and granular detail. And on the strategic picture, a lot of what's happening is along these Silk Road 2.0 routes. For instance, uh, China is very open about taking Panama. They don't even hide it. And all you have to do is just 
you don't even have to scratch the surface. It's laying on the surface, right? And there's a book that they just came out with recently talking about the, the new Silk Road through Panama. And they talk about opening up a, a railway and a road through the Darien Gap, which has no road for about 60 miles, but it's being built on the Columbia side and the Panamanian side. I've been down there looking at a bridge they're building over Rio Chukanaka. I was just down there looking at it two or three times in the last uh, two or three months. So, I mean, the bottom line is, this is all like you You look at Texas as an example. You look at the Rio Grande Valley area down there by McAllen and Brownsville and that sort. That is a major part of the Silk Road 2.0 that goes right up through South America, right up through, you know, uh, Yucatan, right up where they just opened up that high speed train. And uh, and it's right up through McAllen and Brownsville in that area, right by that big port, right by SpaceX, actually, and right by this colonia that's being built north of Houston called uh called colony ridge right it's in liberty county yeah, i've heard about that taken, yeah 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 and vander Steele and i have taken two congressmen up in helicopters over there and a bunch of other journalists like uh daily wire and others and really blew that out of the water the world economic forum member and governor of texas greg abbott uh got 1.4 million dollars from that developer what am i getting to with that that colony ridge is right beside the I-69 corridor, which is part of Silk Road 2.0, which goes right up through Mexico, right up through Brownsville and McAllen and those several feeders there, goes right up, meets with feeders that come in from New Orleans and goes right up to Detroit where World Economic Forum has another office. So you see, you know, Greg Abbott, the so-called governor of Texas, constantly acting like he's closing the border or he's trying to close the border, mm. but Biden won't let him. We all know Biden's not president. He's just a meat puppet. He's what's called a dog king, an old parlance of information war. A dog king basically is somebody like when a Swedish king runs off a Norwegian king or whatever, they take an actual dog and give him a throne, give him a, you know, a, a, you know, the crown and the necklace and all that and a translator. And they say, this dog is your king, right? And the sub it demoralizes the subject who can clearly see that their king is now a dog. And it also emboldens your enemies. And that's what's happened with all these meat puppets such as Biden and Trudeau and Mark Rutte over in Netherlands. They're just meat puppets. They're not entirely intelligent, but they're incredibly corrupt and they're and even more corruptible. There's nothing that they won't do. Uh, for instance, Trudeau, I mean, I don't need to go into details, but the bottom line is a lot of these things that you're seeing, whether it was Hong Kong, uh, whether it's Netherlands or Panama, these are all along 2.0, Silk Road 2.0. You know, the, 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 so who's, the China who's, has... Who's, sir. Sorry, sorry, Michael. Who's funding this? Is this the U.S. that's funding this? Because you mentioned USAID before, and I've seen videos of Ben Berkwam walking around, I think it was in Panama. There's even a Clinton Foundation office down there. There's all these facilities built down there. They're U.S. entities, I believe, USAID I've seen I've seen bags labeled USAID five years ago from these people that were you know crawling into the U.S. Is that who's paying for this? Is it ultimately is it the U.S. China's not paying for it, right? Uh, what, China pays for some. What do you think? But mostly, mostly they use other people's money, and we're the other people, right? And so, for instance, the OIM now Ben Berkwam and Oscar Blue have spent a lot of time in Panama. I'm the one that actually facilitated that, so I'm I'm quite familiar with what they do down there. Uh, I took Ben down there. I don't know year and a half ago or so. I don't remember, but I, mm -hmm. I, I, I go down there so much it becomes all a blur. But Ben, at that time when he was with Oscar, they were in Ciudad del. They, they were in the city of knowledge, is what they call it. It's a former U.S. military headquarters there, right beside the canal, and now it's where the UNHCR is, Red Cross, highest uh, Norwegian Refugee Council. Um, IOM, which is very important. IOM is basically the pump for the UN for the for the invasion. IOM yesterday, Masako Ganaha here in were, were we were together in Tegucigalpa here in Honduras yesterday, and we went to the IOM headquarters here, which shares a building with the Canadian consulate. That's how entwined these things are. You'll see the UN uh, is right. Their headquarters here is right across, or it's like two or three blocks away, let's say, in distance wise uh, from the U.S. embassy here. Same in Belize. You see the UNHCR main office there in Belize is probably forty meters from the from the main a gate of the of the US embassy in 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 Belmopan Belize which is the capital of Belize we were just over there you know last month so i mean you'll see that these are all 
the USAID, again, is the laundromat for all this. The United States, the, the new leader of IOM, by the way, her name is Allison. I'm sorry, I've forgotten her last name, but she was installed about, let's say, maybe 11 weeks ago or so. And she she brags that the U.S. is the main funder of IOM. And IOM, if you're going to the airports and you see aliens with uh, blue or white bags and it says IOM on it or OIM, in Spanish, it'll be, you know, IOM and in English, it's OIM anyway. But the bottom line is it's the same thing. It'll usually be white with blue writing or blue with white writing. Those are the bags that are handed out by IOM, right? Now I see these IOM is in like Schiphol Airport there in Amsterdam at Terminal 3, handing out tickets. I've sat there and watched them doing it. And it's at Terminal 3. Just yeah. go, if you're in, if you're in Amsterdam, go it's look amazing. at it today. Yeah, and so these, yeah. these the, they're down in Ecuador, they're in Colombia, they're in Panama, and they are everywhere. It is highly funded by U.S. money, right? Now, the main, uh, the main, let's say, brain of this is World Economic Forum co-sanguination with the Chinese Communist Party. Clearly, those two are, and they have captured governments such as the Dutch government, the German government, Canadians, of course. The Kiwis are basically gone. Australia as and well. The U.S. Uh, no, uh, U.S. is is uh, this, you know you, you ever seen that the fungus that takes over ant colonies? You know, and the fungus you know yeah. grows out of the ants and makes the ants do work as part of the fungus life cycle. That's basically what's happened. That fungus has invaded. Uh, you know, many of the uh, of, of the foreign countries, which it's you know it's been working on for generations to do. But actually, between the mm. two partners of the World Economic Forum and the Chinese Communist Party, it's clear that the Chinese Communist Party is the dominant partner. Right now, the Chinese Communist Party they've got that one you know fist of you know, communism, if you want to call it that, they've got their goal is to just make the world Chinese. And that's very important. World Economic Forum has many different, they're a jungle, right? You've got, you know, the Gates guys that want to do eugenics and genocide. You've got open Soros, you know, open, open societies with Soros, and now his crazy son taking over. You've got different people. Want, most of the people look like they just want profit. Uh, you know, the, the most of the World Economic Forum are in for, you know, various different reasons. Mostly it seems profit and power. Right. But there's other people that are in it for, again, ideological purposes like Gates clearly wants control of food. He wants control of uh, pharma. He wants to do eugenics. His father was into that. And 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 so he's got multiple, uh, obviously, motivations. Now, Chinese Communist Party, this is very important. As you remember, in Hong Kong. What were they trying to do for years there? They were pumping in mainland Chinese at a rate of maybe 100 and 100 or 150 a day. As you know, those were Mandarin speakers pumping into mostly Cantonese speaking Hong Kong. And as you know, can't, the Hong Kongers don't even look the same as the Han Chinese. They they're they're much smaller. They they their bones look different, and they're just different. Mm. And they speak a different language. They speak Cantonese. So the Chinese Communist Party for years was using weaponized migration, taking control of the schools, getting teachers in there, getting teachers and uh, getting people in elected yeah. positions into the police departments, and, mm. and 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 trying to get the, the the young Hong Kongers to think that Cantonese is a subordinate language that only sure. basically yokels speak and that sort of thing. And that's what they're doing, well, Michael. All over the place. I, Go ahead, sir. Well, isn't that amazing? And and I'm telling you, in uh, China or in Hong Kong, I just heard this. They had a they had a law in place to prevent all these Chinese coming in because the real estate was just growing so quickly and so high. M most expensive real estate in the world, small. Tiny little apartments, like size of closets that go for a million U.S. dollars and stuff like that. What they did then is they said, well, if you buy a place within the first seven years of you living in Hong Kong, you've got to pay a 30% tax. They just got rid of that, which is going to then bring in more Mandarin-speaking people into China so that... Uh, so that they can, you know, dwindle down the population of Hong Kongers and bring in these, you know, the Mandarin Chinese. Uh, it's amazing it's what's going genocide. on. There's so much here. It's a, it, it's it's a soft genocide. I went Michael, up to Tibet, been, by the way, and I saw where they do hard genocide. That's a totally different oh game. Oh, my God. But they do the weaponized Michael, migration there as well. We, we got to have you back. This is an incredible discussion. Thank you Let's so much. Going. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes, God sir. bless you. Be safe, please. Uh, Thanks, we're thinking Joe. about you. So God bless and we'll Thank catch you. up soon. Thanks a lot. Really appreciate it, Michael. Bye-bye. We'll be back tomorrow on the Joe Hoff Show.